Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. We just heard from Elijah Moore a little bit earlier today, the Browns' newest edition at wide receiver. What we're going to do here on a Thursday is throw out some questions for each other. So we're each going to come up with one question. If we have something else, maybe we'll get into those uh, a little bit later in the pod, depending how we're doing on time. But uh, let's get right to it, Mary Kay. What question do you have for us? You know, the question that is on my mind today, just because uh, as we're taping this on Thursday, we recently had uh, a video call with, uh, with Elijah Moore. So in, in listening to him talk and hearing him discuss what he thinks his role will be, it makes me wonder what is going to happen to Brown's 2022 third round pick, David Bell. What role is David Bell going to have? Of course, he was a slot receiver last year, uh, and he ended up with, I can't remember how many catches right offhand, 30-something, I think, perhaps. Um, What role, or maybe it was 20-something. i got to look that up. Um, What role will David Bell have? Now, we know that Elijah Moore can play outside. He can play inside. So in three wides, I mean, it looks to me like, you know, you probably are going to want to have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Elijah Moore on the field. You know, I don't know. Are you going to trade for a guy like this, a former, you know, second-round pick with some really, really good production, and then not play him? I think he's going to be on the field. So it just makes me wonder, what does that mean for one David Bell? Okay, so David Bell's numbers last year, 35 targets, 24 <laughs> catches, 214 yards did not score uh, a touchdown. Um, so his, his rookie season, he played in 16, uh, 16 games and started three games. Um, mm-hmm. Ashley, I, th- I mean, just to piggyback on what Mary Kay just said, not only do you not trade for this guy to not play him, but you don't give up a second round pick either. I mean, that's, that's a valuable pick and you, you were going to pick a valuable player there. So, and, and honestly, that's the most valuable pick they have until they start getting back in the first round pick. So they did give up something substantial to get Elijah Moore. So yeah, he's, he's going to play. And you know, I, I think it's not just David Bell, but there's other guys too that this affects, but Bell was kind of the guy that a lot of people looked at and said, well, maybe he's your slot receiver. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard for me right now to imagine that he's going to be able to have like the same kind of role that he had David Bell. I mean, um, because of Elijah Moore comes here and the, his biggest asset is what David Bell doesn't have. And it's his speed. And we heard from him today that, you know, he really values his route running. I know for, and we've talked about this with him, like some off the field questions about him, some discipline questions, but hearing him talk today, it was really interesting how much he wanted to hone in on the route running, um, which of course it helps when you have a teammate like Amari Cooper to help you refine those things. Mm -hmm. So I think as long as there's no issues there, he's a really good route runner. He can have that versatility. He has that speed and the ball can only go around to so many guys. So I don't think it doesn't mean like David Bell's not going to play at all. I mean, you see Kevin Stefanski want to get different looks and you saw them, you know, even go to Anthony Schwartz last year, for example, on certain packages. Right. Um, But I do wonder, I mean, my punch right now feels like there's just not going to be as many snaps available for David Bell with this guy now on the roster. And, and I'm looking to David Bell last year played, I, for some reason I scrolled up on the page here, but last year he, he only played 29% of the team's special team snaps. So 
at least last year, he was not a guy that played on special teams. Now, maybe that changes with Bubba Ventrone in the fold, but um, he might have to get that part of his game figured out too. I mean, he's he's not going to get cut. He's not going to get waived. But, you know, what is the? I mean, there are other guys that this could affect too, Mary Kay, like a guy like Anthony Schwartz. Does this maybe signal the end for him or does he still have a chance? Well, you know, I think that Anthony Schwartz is someone that's going to have to come in here during the offseason program and during training camp and prove that he deserves a roster spot. He still does have that thing that you cannot coach and you cannot buy, and that is that speed. So if he can add in everything else that he needs to add in with his game and really show them something, then he probably does have a chance. If not, then, you know, maybe he goes to the practice squad or maybe they do give up on him. Um, But, you know, he's got a lot to prove. He's got to show that he can handle the game emotionally, mentally, and physically. I think he needs to get stronger. I think he needs to get tougher. Uh, So, you know, that is uh, one player that it could also impact. It could impact a guy like Michael Woods, who I thought was poised to get some more playing time moving forward here. Now everybody kind of moves back a rung. And then there's a whole, there's another factor here too. And that is they did bring Marquise Goodwin in uh, for a tryout and a look-see. And, uh, you know, if they sign him, then, you know, that changes the game even more. And that's not completely off the table yet. And let's not forget about our good buddy, Jakeem Grant, who mm-hmm. is back. And they, he had a role on offense. I, You know, in a weird way, as as you were talking, Mary Kay, I was thinking about the Anthony Schwartz thing. And I almost wonder if if he can just sort of figure it out, like come close to figuring it out, if he's almost at more of an advantage over David Bell. Because at this point, you're sort of like, you've got your top three. And after that, it's like, okay, what do you bring to the table? And like you said, Anthony Schwartz does bring that 4-2-6-40 speed. It hasn't translated yet, but I don't know. I don't know. This is a tough one to figure out, Ashley. Like I said, they're not going to waive David Bell, but I am struggling to kind of find his role if he's not in that top three group. Yeah, and it's funny because when you look at David Bell and Anthony Schwartz, their strengths are the exact opposite, right? Like Anthony Schwartz has the speed but hasn't been able to put it all together and has issues with dropped passes. David Bell, his hands are like his best attribute. I think PFF credited him with two drops last year. Um, One was that really unfortunate one where the ball went off his hands against the Saints and it led to Deshaun Watson's interception in that game. Um, But I just think it, it kind of, it might, come down to special teams and Anthony Schwartz has, you know, when he's been healthy and has been able to play, they have used him there. Um, I'd be curious, Dan, if you have the numbers, if you can pull up how many special team snaps he played um, last season. But like, it is interesting just when you look at those roles and now having Bubba Ventrone here, what he'll look at and that speed can come in handy and punt coverages and coverage teams and things like that. So I I'm curious if he might, actually have the advantage there and just having more of that special teams experience in his career. So the total number for the season isn't high, but I'm pulling up his game log because he played more as the season went on on special teams. So yeah, he played, um, he was up near half of the special team snaps before he got hurt um, at the end of the season, before his season ended in week four, week 13 against Houston was his last game, but he was playing a decent amount of gunner, Um, You're looking at 52%, 40%. So he had, he was starting to carve out a a little bit of a role on special teams, Mary Kay. 
Yeah, he was. And, you know, that's uh, one way to get yourself on the field and to prove to the team that you're willing to do anything that it takes uh, to play and to get better and to improve. And I think the thing about Anthony Schwartz is uh, that he does have that work ethic and, and he does have the desire to be good. And, you know, he just has some things that he has to work through. And if he can take care of some of those issues and then at the same time improve his hands and his route running, then, uh, you know, then maybe he does have a chance to stick around. But it really is prove it time for him. And they don't want to give up on a, a such a recent third round pick. Uh, they're loath to do that. But, you know, it's going to start to get a little crowded in the receiver room you know, in the event that they do bring on a Marquise Goodwin or they draft another receiver, they could do that. I mean, this move does not preclude them from drafting a receiver at 74 or 98 or anywhere else in the draft. So, uh, you know, they could bring on a few more bodies. And then you've got a guy like Dalen Baldwin, who the moment wasn't too big for him last year. He showed some things. And, uh, you know, then, you know, when you look at that, a guy like that could move ahead of, of Anthony Schwartz. So, so yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see uh, how this shakes out, but I think the, you know, the immediate impact is going to be felt by David Bell. All right, Ashley, you're up. Yeah, I've been trying to think of a good question and the one that I keep coming back to is do you think that more pieces are coming for the front of this defense before the draft? Now, when I say front of the defense, let's open it up to the defensive line or the linebackers, because I go back and forth with this, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I wonder if it just feels like it's maybe the potential is there for it not to be complete yet. Yeah. So obviously um, with Anthony Walker re-signing yesterday, Taki Taki back, um, the, the big moves are Tomlinson and, and Okoronkwo. Um, Mary Kay, is, is there more coming before the draft? You know what? I, I don't really know. I honestly don't know if they will add anyone else. But, I mean, one player that I probably would still think about is um, Yannick Nagakaway. I've been talking about him since the very beginning of free agency. And, um, I, you know, throughout, I've never really gotten a strong sense that they were interested in adding him. But when you can get nine and a half sacks consistently, I mean, he, he's never had fewer than eight. When you can bring that many sacks on a consistent basis, even if you're not a great edge setter and you're not great against the run, I still think that's worth something at the right price. They probably didn't want to spend, uh, you know, a boatload of money on him. But if he, if he starts to get into the affordable category, that's somebody that I would definitely think about. So I have the Spotrack free agent tracker up. Um, of course, he's one of the names on there. A couple other names out there, uh, Frank Clark, J.J. Uh, Watt is on this list. I, he's retired. Um, Jadavion Clowney, still a free agent. Um, Ashawn Robinson from the Rams uh, is, is an interesting name. Uh, Calais Campbell's available. I know he had a visit yesterday, and there's a chance he could go back to Baltimore. There's a few intriguing names still out here. Justin Houston is another interesting one, a, a veteran name, and I do... I don't want to go so far as to say like last year, Ashley, we always said, well, this team felt a receiver short. I'm not going to go that far in the defensive line, but I still would like to see them add one more piece uh, to, to maybe just put behind uh, Okoronkwo. And then you don't have to necessarily rely on a draft pick or rely on put too much pressure on Alex Wright or Isaiah Thomas. Uh, You could just have that 
other kind of layer behind him. Yeah, and it's like like we talked about with Oboe um, a couple pods ago, he's not being paid like a surefire starter. Like, I think that's part of the reason why it's, you know, it was good a good deal for the Browns because he does have a really small sample size as a starter. He's only started eight games in his career. They all came last year with the Texans, and he produced in those. But I think with a player like that, the question is always, does more opportunity necessarily equal more production. So I think when I've thought of this question, it's, you know, yes, the the edge rusher category, but I also just wonder about defensive tackle. I know Mary Kay's like reported, they still really like Jordan Elliott and Perrion Winfrey. Um, but I just wonder because things were so bad there last year. It's like, would they try to get somebody else depending on, you know, who might be out there free agency wise. And then obviously the draft and kind of knowing how they operate um, really not wanting to put themselves into a corner based on need um, and trying to go after best available. So I'm just, I'm really curious. Like, I don't know the answer when when I asked this question, I didn't even have a concrete answer in mind. Um, I just think it's interesting to kind of look up, look at the makeup of this defense right now and try to figure out which direction they can go. Cause I think there are like feasibly a couple different directions they can go. Yeah. And I, I think it's fair to ask, like, you know, I understand what they see in, in Oboe and I, I'm really intrigued by this signing. I think it's a a really nice, it's not super expensive. Um, I I think it's a nice opportunity for him and a chance for him to, to kind of show what he can do, but also we haven't seen this guy play 70% of the snaps on the line. Now, I don't know if that's the plan to play him that much. If he is, if he's going to play like that Jadavion Clowney level of, of, playing time over there but you know we don't know how he's going to hold up physically we don't know how teams are going to adjust when they get more looks at him so like Mary Kay I understand what they see and I understand I mean he was really good in those last eight games and some of those numbers would have been like right behind Miles Garrett in season long rankings for the Browns so he was really good so I get it but also I think it's okay to look at it and say we still need to see. We still need to kind of see what this looks like as he plays more snaps in this league than he's ever played. Yeah, and if you look at what they've done the last couple of years is they really acquired a number two edge and then a number three edge for the most part. And then they had their developmental guy in last year's rookie, Alex Wright. Um, But, you know, last year they had Jadavian as the number two and really Chase Winovich as the number three, and then Alex Wright. And of course, I've said this you know, many times before, is that they got a combination, a combined three sacks out of those three guys, which is just preposterous to me. Um, so ideally, you want to have like an eight or nine sack guy, and then another five sack guy. I mean, if you look at Jim Schwartz's defenses, these guys produce sacks. Now, maybe the Browns feel like, hey, you know what? Oboe is going to be a nine sack guy in this defense. And Alex Wright is going to be that five sack guy in this defense. And maybe it it will work out that way. Uh, But I don't think personally that it could hurt uh, to add one more guy. And again, in my mind, I would go ahead and add uh, Yannick Nagakaway. For some reason, he's still out there. I don't know why. Um, Now, Frank Clark, he is a local guy. He's a, he's an edge rusher. Uh, from the Chiefs. He went to Glenville. I did a story on him during Super Bowl week where I talked to uh, the great Ted Ginn, 
Coach Ginn about him. And, uh, you know, I, I got a chance to, to talk to Frank at the Super Bowl. He brings a lot, especially when you get to the postseason. I mean, he's right up there with the best of the best in terms of postseason sacks uh, all time. I mean, he just kind of comes alive in the postseason. So he does have that going for him. So, you know, I don't know if he's somebody that they would think about, but um, but I, I do think that they could use that one more proven pass rusher. Okay, this is not my question, but I'm going to ask this. I, I realized this yesterday. I am, I know how to spell Okoronkwo. I can just do it now. This is a big, this is a big moment. Like I've, <laughs> I've got it. I have it figured out. Have you guys reached that point yet? Oh yeah. Oboe. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could do it right now. Yeah. All right. We should have a spelling bee. Go for it, Mary Kay. O K O R O N K W O. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I uh, I was I was happy yesterday that I got to a point where it's like, okay, I've typed this name enough that I've got it. Yeah. Um, so. Well, Ashley, you should be good at it because it's just Okoro. Yeah. And then it's just a few extra. So, and then the end. It, yeah. It's it's like spelling Isaac Okoro's name, but now you, and I have to be careful not to get them confused. That's oh, yeah. To like have the misspelling in Aranquo because there is, you know, the extra W and the extra N mixed <laughs> in there in the first part of it. So we have to be careful with that typo. Or in a story, you write Isaac Okoronquo. Okoronquo. <laughs> Start but combining see, guys. <laughs> but Dan, you were able to pronounce it right away. And I was yeah, just going with oboe the f- first few days because I was petrified to try to say Okoronquo. I just needed to like work on that a little bit. So I had the spelling down. I just couldn't figure out how to say it. And my daughter Cameron was just like, dropping Okoronkwos everywhere around here. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> um, but it took me a little while to get it. Well, I every now and again, I have to stop myself. And I did a radio interview earlier this week where I was about to say his name. And I like, I, I couldn't spit it out at first. I, there was a pause there when I had to kind of think Okoronkwo. I had to like think it through in my head before I could say it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if yeah. I just buckled under the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying a, a it on day one radio and I was interview. Like, How is he doing that so quickly? And and like I said, my daughter was like, "Well, of course, it's just phonetics." <laughs> I mean, like it's just how it looks. I will say on a related note, what throws me off going back and forth a little bit between Browns NFL and then Cavs NBA is like the common first names too. So like if somebody says Donovan, it depends on the time of year <laughs> whether my first thought is DPJ or Donovan Mitchell. And now my new one lately, because he was in the starting lineup for a while, is Lamar because of Lamar Stevens oh, with the Cavs yeah. and all the drama with Lamar Jackson that Donovan Mitchell kind of, you know, unwittingly inserted himself to. Um, but Browns fans, just leave Donovan Mitchell alone, please. I tweeted the whole thing out. They both went to Louisville. He's yeah. not a Ravens fan. Weren't they, weren't they like buddies? <laughs> weren't they buddies at yeah, Louisville too? They were, they were there the same three years. They, they overlapped their entire college careers. So... Donovan Mitchell wants to see his buddy get paid, which, you know, could be good for the Browns either way, if you think about it. Yeah, see, be nice to Donovan Mitchell. Did you not see that dunk against the Nets, everybody? Be nice to Donovan Mitchell. My question, this is really simple and straightforward, but I'm just curious because we've sort of reached that point now where I think think the big moves are done. I I mean, you know, we've mentioned they could add – 
some veteran. I know Ashley just gave me this famous look, last like, words. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like one but, time you looked at me in the press box and said, "This game's going real fast." And then I think it was the, like the Raiders game last was, year or something. I don't remember. Yeah, no, that was that famous was amateur hour on my part. I should I should have known better. I've been doing this long enough that I should have known better than to say that out loud in a press box. But <laughs> I, I just want to know, like. What is your favorite move so far? What What is the move so far that you just like best that Andrew Barry has made um, in this offseason? Well, I have got to say the trade for Elijah Moore. I've got to say that because, uh, you know, I they finally listened to me. They finally did something I said they should do. Um, so, no, yeah, I, uh, you know, I I wrote that column and. Again, it was funny because after I wrote it, I had someone saying to me, oh, I don't see that happening. I had like I kind of got called off the scent about it. Like, that's not happening. You know, like I I felt like, oh, God, I, why did I even think that could happen? <laughs> and uh, so when it finally did, I was just as happy as as anyone, you know, mostly for, you know, just for my own column <laughs> because we root for our own pick and our own work, right? It wasn't that I was rooting for the the Browns to have this great receiver. I was rooting for the fact that I told everyone that I think they should, that they should trade, trade for him. So I have to pick that. Fair, but also that was like a really good move, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, yes. it was just a really smart, give up a second round pick, get a guy that has team control. I mean, there's, there's just a lot to like about it. Um, and it's even like, I can make the case that it's even still low risk enough that if it does go wrong, it's not the end of the world necessarily. Obviously, you don't want that to happen, and they, it would leave them in a tough spot at receiver. But it's not like they gave up, you know, two first round picks or a first and a second. Obviously, they don't have those to give up. But, you know, it's not like they gave up a ton necessarily to, to bring him in, and it's not costing them a ton of money either. Yeah, let me just add real quick here um, that, you know, when we say they gave up a second round pick for him, in essence, they really didn't even do that necessarily. Another better way, I think, to look at the trade is that they moved down 32 spots from the second round to the third round because they picked up a third round pick in this deal. Uh, So that's basically all they did. They moved back 32 spots to pick up a potential starting receiver. He could end up being the number two, depending on how things go. I mean, he caught five touchdown passes as a rookie. And when you can score the football like that, uh, there's a premium that's placed on that. So um, so they really didn't necessarily just give up a second rounder for him. They moved back those 32 spots. And uh, he, is, he is such a low cost from the money standpoint, 1.47 million in his first year, 1.8 something in his second year. I mean, these are low, low salaries for a guy that, uh, that once again, can potentially come in here and catch a bunch of touchdown passes for you. And I think he probably will do that with Deshaun Watson. Uh, You know, he's played with some very marginal quarterbacks since he's been in the pros. Now he's finally got uh, Deshaun Watson. And so, I think the best is yet to come for Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people throw out the the term pick swap is basically the NBA term the, that they basically just did a pick swap and they they brought in Elijah Moore. So 
I, again, I you know I said this yesterday, Ashley. It's just hard to it's hard to argue with this move. I can't I can't find yeah. a reason to say no. This was not a good move. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's largely because I don't think you're getting a better player at 42 than him. Like, and I think you need experience, especially in that receiver room. I mean, last year when we talked about what we felt like that room was missing, we always said it felt like it's missing receiver, but in particular that it was missing a veteran receiver. So he's still relatively young, obviously, and I think maybe had some maturity questions, but I think it's better to kind of see what you can get out of him given his known skill set instead of relying on somebody who's who's going to be really young coming in from the draft. Okay, so then what was your favorite move so far? I'm going to go with Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, number one, I think defensive tackle was just such a huge need given the numbers those guys put up last year. Um, I think he doesn't look like anybody else in that room. He's so much bigger than the guys they currently have. Um, So I think he's going to be really helpful in the run. I think even though he's not necessarily a guy who's going to get you a ton of sacks when we've talked to him and and what he seems like he's really good at is flushing quarterbacks out so that his ends can maybe clean things up. And I think looking at the market as a whole, we know PFF had him rated as their number three best available defensive tackle in this free agency cycle. And the two guys above him, Deron Payne and Javon Hargrave got huge deals that were almost double or like, I I can't do math, almost double, let's just say what the Browns are paying him. So I think you've got great value for him. You get another veteran in that room. um, And I think it, you know, could be a really good start to helping turn around that room production wise. We can spell Okoronkwo, but we can't do math. That's, <laughs> no, that's where we, I cannot that's do where math. we draw the line. If this was like a math weeks <laughs> competition, we would not do well. I, I mean, Mary Kay, again, another one. It's hard to argue with this move. This was a guy, I mean, this was exactly what the Browns needed. Yeah, it is exactly what the Browns needed. I mean, they could have gone a couple of different routes. They had an opportunity to sign Draymond Jones. And um, I actually thought maybe that, could happen. I talked to him. He was excited about the possibility. They seemed somewhat in the mix for him. I know that they did toss their their hat into the ring there, but I think ultimately what it came down to between those two guys is they just wanted that bigger run stuffing guy in the middle. And so we'll see how that works out because uh, you know Draymond could have brought you know double digit sacks. He had six and a half sacks last year, and he missed the final four games of the season, I think it was. I think it was the final four games. Uh, so he's someone that potentially can be that that number two edge double-digit sack guy. Um, but, you know, they were able to get Dalvin Tomlinson, and then they got what they feel is either a number two or a number two-and-a-half edge over there to replace Jadavian Clowney. So I think Dalvin, you know, he should come in here and do exactly what they need him to do. And, uh, and then when you back that up with, Sayoni Takitaki and Anthony Walker coming back and the other linebackers coming back, they should be able to get the job done. Yeah. And it, you are right. It was four games at the end of the year um, last year with Denver. Uh, and he got those six and a half sacks uh, in those 13 games before that. So I, you know, part of me wants to say, Oh, but we've had that discussion before, but I actually think it's um, I think it's going to be Juan Thornhill. I, I just like the idea of bringing in a young guy who has won, who's kind of had to grow into being a leader. I thought that was an interesting part uh, of when we talked to him is how he came into a veteran, a veteran defense. And then all of a sudden that defense became really young last year. 
and they were playing a bunch of draft picks and he had to kind of learn how to lead that room. And I think there's something to having a guy that's still young, but who can walk in the locker room and say to some of these other young defenders, guys who are essentially his peers and say, kind of show off, you know, Again, another NBA reference. People talk about Pat Riley throwing his rings on the table for free agents. Juan Thornhill could go in that locker room and throw his rings on the table and say, hey, do you guys want these? This is what it takes. I know what it takes. So I just like that. I like the idea of bringing in a guy who could potentially be a young leader. I think he might fit what they want out of that position a little more than John Johnson would have. Obviously, they believe that too. Um, So I just think this is a nice kind of under, not under the radar, but it's, a relatively inexpensive move. And I think they got a guy who could maybe be that free safety for three or four years here. Yeah. I mean, I I have to agree with you, Dan. And the thing, some of the things that I like best about Juan Thornhill uh, are his energy and his attitude and just what he brings from a, you know, from that leadership standpoint, even just watching him on social media since he has become a Cleveland Brown. I mean, he is, rallying the troops already. And I think this team needs a little bit more of that fire in its belly. And, you know, and, and John Johnson have a lot of that in him as well. Uh, but I, as you mentioned, you know, when you go to three Super Bowls in, in your four seasons, that's going to speak volumes when you say anything to your teammates. So I think these, you know, these, even these young guys like Martin Emerson will look up to him. Not that he's an old guy or anything like that, but he's, he's been to three Super Bowls. Uh, I think Greg Newsom, I think he'll be really good for Greg. I think he'll get along really nicely uh, with Denzel. And then I think, you know, some of the other younger guys like, you know, the AJ Greens and the DeAnthony Bells, I think uh, will really benefit from having someone like this around. So in addition to all the things that he brings and he's a good tackler and he's a ball hawk, he gets his hands on some balls. And I think he'll probably get uh, some more of those when he's got, uh, you know, this really good defensive front, uh, you know, really getting after it as well. So I, I definitely think that's a good pickup. Yeah. Ashley, just your, your thoughts here on, on Warren, Juan Thornhill. And, uh, and I could say Okoronko. I, was I can't say, say Juan Thornhill. Name. I thought you would screw up the pronunciation of it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think we've kind of covered all the basics with that. I think his skill set is going to pair really well with Grant Delpitz. And I think just like Overall, like the change of scenery might not be the worst thing on top of a new defensive scheme. Like JJ3, it just seemed like the, like it never was the perfect scenario for him here, for his skill set, for him to show off his versatility. Um, And it's kind of hard on the team to pay him what they were paying him and bank that it's going to be a huge change. So, yeah, I really like that move still. Um, And like Mary Kay said, I think his leadership is definitely key because you are losing that with JJ3. I think he was pretty respected in that locker room. So it's good to just kind of, I think, get another voice in there for these younger guys. um, And they can all kind of work through learning this Jim Schwartz system together. Okay, there we go. Some uh, some Browns free agency questions as we I guess we can officially say we're wrapping up the first wave here, but that second wave happens fast. So don't give me (laughs) any of those those looks, Ashley. I know things can change quickly. Um, that'll, so that'll do it for this edition of the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. Uh, if you're not a football insider subscriber, you should be cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. You can become one of our tech subscribers, get that newsletter, and also get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. Make sure you're subscribed to the Orange or Brown Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.